Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast with Pastor Joseph Gibson at Cranberry Community Church. We hope God speaks to your heart through today's message. All right, before, uh, before we dive in this morning, there's something that I want to do. Uh, it was a little over two years ago, uh, we were in the mall, uh, and we were in kind of a tough spot as a church with our children's ministry. Uh, Emily had been doing the scheduling, but at this point, Emily was extremely pregnant. Uh, now, I've heard you can't be extremely pregnant, but Emily was extremely pregnant. Uh, uh, so we put it before the church. We said, hey, we, we need help here. We need help in our children's ministry. Uh, we need somebody leading with the scheduling and things like that. And um, Mindy, if you want to go ahead and come up, and Emily. Uh, Mindy volunteered to take the reins. And uh, Mindy has meant uh, so much to our church family over these last couple years, and you don't even know it. Uh, because she's back there so much, but uh, if we bring my kids out here one Sunday, you would know it really quickly. Um, uh, but we've been uh, talking with Mindy, and, and she uh, spoke to us this week, and she said, uh, you know, uh, circumstances in her life over the past weeks, and, uh, and uh, it's time uh, she feels to, to take a, a season of transition. So today's Mindy's last day with us in the kids' ministry, and today I said, Mindy, we was, just want to have you here to honor you to recognize you, to tell you that uh, we're so thankful for you, uh, and we love you, and, and we are honestly so excited uh, for this season coming up in your life, a season of, uh, we're just praying refreshing over you, praying life over you, and I know uh, she told me this is one of the hardest decisions she's ever made, and, and she's still uh, family here, she's still going to be here uh, with us, but uh, she's going to get to enjoy God's presence in here as well, so uh, if you would reach out your hands, we're just going to pray over her. Lord, we thank you so much for Mindy, God, for the ministry she has had to this church family, Lord, to our kids. Uh, and I thank you, God, for the season that you have called her into coming up, Lord. And I pray that it is a season of refreshing, God, a season of growth in, in you, and that your presence would just touch her, your spirit would uh, touch her and lift her up, God. We thank you so much for her and pray your blessings over her. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so if you see her after church, give her a hug. And tell her how much you appreciate her. All right, I'm going to pray over tithes and offerings, and I'm going to dive right in. Uh, Lord, I thank you for your presence here. I thank you for uh, every gift and every giver, and I pray, God, that you uh, would grow your kingdom this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, last week we began a new series called Encounters. Now, if I'm a little shaky this morning, I want to let you know one of the meanest things, not many mean things happen to me in this church, but one of the meanest things just happened. I just went out to get coffee, and Missy, right here on the front row, turned around with a straight face and said, we're out of coffee. <laughs> I said, what? She said, I'm just kidding you. I said, that is the meanest thing that's ever happened to me in this place, but I have my coffee, so we're okay. Uh, we began a new series last week called Encounters with Jesus Christ. What we said um, is that uh, I mentioned it this morning. Uh, this is a place where we come together. We learn about Jesus. We, we sing about Jesus. It's a place where I pray that you encounter Jesus. And last week we took a look at the woman at the well and how Jesus had, what, three years to accomplish his mission of reaching the entire world. He even said, I have come to save the world. He recognized that he had a global mission, but instead of going to like the city centers of the world, uh, what Jesus did is he went to the one. He went to the individuals, and that's what happened with the woman at the well. It was about restoring the one and changing the one. Uh, today you get three for the price of one because we're going to look at three encounters today with Jesus. The reason 
that we're looking at these three specific encounters is because something happens in each of these uh, uh, occasions. Each of these uh, people who had these encounters had obstacles to overcome to reach their encounter with Jesus Christ. Each of them had this life-changing encounter, but to get to that encounter, they had an obstacle to overcome. So in fact, for this week and this week only, we're even going to change the name of the series to Obstacles to Encounters with Jesus. Now, uh, what is an obstacle? An obstacle is anything, uh, whether that is spiritual, mental, or physical, anything that hinders us from encountering the person of Jesus Christ and encountering, encountering the presence of God. And what we're going to find this morning is whenever there is an obstacle, it is almost always a self-imposed obstacle that we place on ourselves, uh, Because the Bible says that every legitimate obstacle, every true and real barrier between us in God's presence, Jesus tore down from us. Uh, the Bible says when he was on the cross, the veil ripped in two from top to bottom. That veil represented the presence of God, and what it was was a divine uh, invitation into the presence of God. Jesus was saying, every obstacle, every barrier, everything that has ever separated you from the presence of God was removed in that moment. But for uh, whatever reason, a variety of reasons we're going to look at this morning, uh, we sometimes place our own obstacles between us and encounters with Jesus. So today is about two things. If you're taking notes, write this down. Today we're going to discover those obstacles, and we're going to remove those obstacles. Somebody say, discover those obstacles, discover. and remove those obstacles. All right. Now, biblically, uh, there's only one thing that God is asking of us, and that's that we draw near to him. James said it's really simple. Draw near to God. God will draw near to you. Uh, Revelation 3 tells us that he's standing at the door knocking, just asking us to open the door. Not asking a whole lot of us, just asking us to invite him in, to approach him. I was actually thinking this morning about the prodigal son. So the son leaves the father. It's a picture of us and, and our relationship with God. But God doesn't go track down the son and grab him by his hair and pull him back. But what he does is the moment that the son turns around to go back to the father, the father sprints to his son and embraces him. What God is asking of us this morning is simply to take that step of drawing near to him. So Jesus has removed every obstacle, every barrier, but we sometimes make our own. And the first encounter I want to look at today takes place in Luke chapter 8. It's, I actually already mentioned it this morning. Uh, but it takes place with a woman who has the condition of blood. And she's been bleeding for about 12 years. And she sees Jesus and she recognizes, if I can just touch this man, he can make me whole again. He can change everything. But there are obstacles in the way of her encounter with Jesus Christ. We're going to look at them this morning. Uh, beginning in Luke chapter 8, verse 42. It says, as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. Mark's account tells us that she spent everything she had on doctors, but only got worse. Uh, then verse 44, she came up behind uh, and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. I love, love that, with one touch. Who touched me, Jesus asked, and when they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone from me. 
Then the woman, seeing that she could no longer go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told him why she had touched him and how she had been uh, instantly healed. Then he said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Now, there are two obstacles in this encounter that we're going to look at this morning that were standing in her way. The first is not uh, visible. It's actually more of a mindset. The first obstacle she faced was the obstacle of the law. Uh, you might want to call it the mindset of the law because uh, this is what the law said. It said that anyone who was bleeding could not approach anyone who was sacred until they were purified from their bleeding. I'm going to show you this verbatim in Scripture. It's Leviticus chapter 12. Uh, it, in verse 4 it says, Then the woman must wait 33 days to be purified from her bleeding. This is the law. This is all they knew. She must not touch anything sacred or go to the sanctuary until the days of her purification are over. Again, this is all she has ever known was this law that says, If you are unclean, you get clean first. And then you approach God. Then you approach that which is sacred. And she has this mindset that says, I cannot approach God until I'm pure, until I'm clean. And church, we have that same mindset often where uh, some of us, it's all we've ever known. It's this mindset that if I've been struggling with sin, if I sin this week, if I know I'm, I'm messing up, we have this mindset that says, for me to encounter God, I must become purified first. I, I've got to clean my act uh, up. I've got to get myself together. And once I am clean enough, then I can approach that which is sacred. Then I can approach God. But this woman had this realization that, no, it's not that I get pure first, but I believe if I touch him, I become pure. See, purity and, and cleanness is not a prerequisite to touching Jesus. It's the result of touching Jesus. That's what this woman recognized. And it's abundantly clear in Scripture that we serve a God who is a come-as-you-are God. Come as you are. You don't have to go get cleaned up first. Just come. Jesus was always dining with the sinners and pursuing the sinners and hanging out with sinners because he was a come as you are God. That does not mean that he is a stay as you are God. That doesn't mean if you have uh, some things you're struggling with that he's not going to lead you into righteousness. But that's not a prerequisite to approaching him. The second obstacle that this woman faced, the Bible says that there were crowds that were almost crushing Jesus. The second obstacle that she faced was she had to get through the crowds to get to Jesus. She had to get past the crowds to get to Jesus. And you may be here this morning and saying, well, you know, we have the Holy Spirit. We don't have to get past the crowds. Not in that context, we don't. But in another context, we do. Because this morning, church, the presence of God was so tangible in this place. But there were those of us in here who didn't feel a thing, who didn't enter into the presence of God. Why? Because of the crowd. What if the crowd is watching me? What if they see me worshiping? What if they see me praying? What if they see me lift my hands? And it's because of the crowd. We have an obstacle between us and Jesus that we can't get past. Can I burst your bubble? No one is watching you other than Jesus. Worship him in such a way that if someone is watching you, they say, I want that. 
Church, identify your obstacle and remove your obstacle. Uh, we're going to go ahead to the next encounter we have, uh, and we actually find two more obstacles here again. This is in Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 46. It says, Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road begging. Literally, that means he was just asking for money. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they said to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, Jesus said. Your faith has healed you. The exact same thing he said to the woman with the issue of blood. Go, your faith has healed you. And it says immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. So what was the first obstacle standing in this way, uh, this man's way between him and his encounter with Jesus? And again, it was a mindset. For him, he had to not be okay with the way things were anymore. Because when we start this story, what we find is this man is begging. He's asking for money. What that means is he's asking people to help him to continue living the same way he's living. But he sees this opportunity to touch Jesus, and he's not asking Jesus for money. He recognizes that in Jesus he should be asking him for something else, and he asks him for a sight. He recognized that he could have healing and vision and restoration. However, he also recognized that encountering Jesus would mean his life would have to change in other ways. He couldn't depend on other people giving him money anymore. He'd have to get a job. He'd have to earn his own money. So his encounter with Jesus would bring about some serious changes in his life. And this was the obstacle, change. But in comparison to receiving his sight, do you think there was any regret? That might be the obstacle that's keeping you from approaching Jesus this morning, is just the, the thought that if I surrender to Jesus, Jesus might ask me to change some things. You might be in a position where you say, I know I've got issues, but I know my issues. I can live with my issues. If I surrender to Jesus, he might ask me to work on my issues. Can I tell you something? When Paul looked back on his life and everything he had accomplished, he said in comparison, to knowing, in comparison to knowing Jesus Christ, all of that was garbage. Everything that I used to be so proud of and to hold on so tightly, compared to knowing Jesus Christ, I count it as nothing. If you would make that decision this morning that says, he might call me to change but I'm not going to let it stop me from approaching him. The only regret that you would have is that it took you so long to do it.
There's a second obstacle that this man faced. And we find it in verse 48 here. It says, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. In other words, they told him, Jesus doesn't want to be bothered with you. The fourth obstacle that you might have to overcome to encounter Jesus Christ is the lies. The voices that more often come from our own head that say, Jesus would not want anything to do with me. This man had to overcome those voices that were shouting, don't bother Jesus with your mess. When actually Jesus wants you mess and all to come as you are. There's this question of why does he ask us to approach him? Um, I've actually heard this as an argument against God before that if God desires our love, why doesn't he just create us and kind of force us to love him? Almost make us robots that just love him and God would have everything you want. But God gave us this incredible gift called free will. I was thinking about um, my kids this week. Uh, each of them have gone through this phase, but right now, Haley is going through this phase. Uh, and when we give her hugs, I love Haley's hugs. We'll call them Haley hugs. If you want to write that down, they're called Haley hugs. <laughs> but there are three types of Haley hugs. Now, the first one is called the rejection. This is where Daddy wants a hug, but Haley doesn't want a hug but daddy's getting a hug. <laughs> so I pick her up and I try to hug her and she's just doing like this the whole time. You know, if God forced his love on us, that's what it would look like sometimes. For too many of us, if God just came after you and forced you to love him, you would be pushing away and that's not the desire of God's heart. God wants to be desired by you. The second Haley hug, write this down. We'll call it the negotiation. This is, Haley, do you want to color? And she says, yes, give daddy a hug. <laughs> Haley, do you want to eat today? Uh-huh, give daddy a hug. Don't tell anybody I said that. And this is actually remarkably sim uh, similar to the Old Testament law where Jesus would promise blessings over the people as long as they uh, followed his commands. There was actually almost like this negotiation because it was conditional covenants. But then there's the third type of hug, and this one's my favorite. I just call it the embrace. And it's when daddy gets home from a long day of work, and I open the door, and this girl in her diaper, not Emily, this girl in her <laughs> diaper, just wobbles over to me and throws her arms around me. And there's this, this, this embrace that takes place. And you know, my love for her, it doesn't change depending on where she is. Whether I'm being rejected or have to negotiate or she just wants to embrace me. I, my love doesn't change. But I can tell you what warms my heart the most is knowing that my daughter wants to embrace me. And the Bible says that we have been created in the image and the likeness of God. 
which means that God doesn't want to force it and he doesn't want to negotiate it, but what he desires from you is that you would run into his arms just because of who he is, not because of what he can do, but because he is a loving savior. Renee, can you go ahead and come, the whole team, if you'd come, as I go into the final account, uh, encounter this morning and the final obstacle. Reading out of Mark chapter two, beginning in verse one, it says, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, the door and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sons are for, sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there uh, thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus knew in his spirit what, uh, what they were thinking. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Get up. Take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. What was the obstacle that this man had to overcome? Somebody had to take him to Jesus. Somebody had to lead him and introduce him to Jesus. If I can speak to uh, teenagers and kids in this room. Our schools should never be a place where people don't encounter Jesus because there's no one there to take them to Jesus. And if I could speak to you, if you're in the workplace, our coworkers should never not encounter Jesus because no one's there to lead them to Jesus. No one should be able to say, I never encountered Jesus because in those hard times, no one carried me there. What is so incredible about this story is these men carried their friend and placed him at the feet of Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus didn't see the paralyzed man's faith. He said he saw their faith. He saw the faith of the friends faith not that God will do something great just in my life but faith on behalf of another do you have faith church not just that God can change your life but that God can change the life of everyone in this county in this state in this nation because Jesus saw their faith and he moved on their account can you guys stand this morning 
we're going to end a little different than we usually do. Um, the team is going to lead us back into a, a worship song. But instead of putting the words to the song on the screen, we're going to leave this on the screen. Because as, as they lead us, what I want you to do is I want you to begin praying. God, is there an obstacle standing between me and you? Standing between me and encountering you? Is it the law? Is it the obstacle that says I have to get cleaned up before I can come to Jesus? Is it the crowd that says, what if they see me? Is it the change that says, if I touch you, will I have to change? Is it the lie that says Jesus doesn't want you in his presence? Two things today, church. Recognizing the obstacle between us and God and removing that obstacle. So as they lead us, I want you to take that obstacle and place it at the feet of Jesus. If you're here this morning and you say, I am in such an awesome place with Jesus, there's nothing in our way, then I want you to focus on number five. Jesus, have you placed me in the life of someone who hasn't come to you yet because Maybe because I haven't led them there. So as the team leads us, just enter into God's presence. Pray that the Spirit searches your heart. Father, we welcome you in this place. And I pray, Lord, you would just shine revelation on our hearts, God. Is there anything, any obstacle that we have brought between us and you, Lord? And I pray that this morning those obstacles would be torn down and laid at the foot of the cross. And I pray, God, that you reveal those to us in this time. In Jesus' name. I pray that we would recognize your presence with us everywhere we go. And God, I pray that, that you would give us, Lord, a supernatural ability to discern when we're building barriers, God, when we're placing our own restrictions and our own obstacles between us and you. Help us to recognize those, God. And as we leave this place, help us to recognize, Lord, that wherever we go, you have placed us for such a time as this. as we leave this place. We would be the most excited people on this planet, Lord, because we believe the words of the Bible. We thank you for your grace, your forgiveness, your redemption. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, thank you so much for being here. Enjoy the beautiful day outside. Uh, and I just want to encourage you, especially parents, uh, if you can uh, just stop by and see Mindy and tell her how much we love her and appreciate her. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for a new message every single week. And as always, from all of us at Cranberry Community Church, may God bless you.